0: Today we're going to look at Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 17. Now we did not get to this yesterday because I gave you a personal word in the podcast about various things that are happening in the ministry, in True Life Concepts and uh, all of the ministries that hang down from that on the way podcast that you're listening to now Bible Time Broadcast Bible Time Classroom that I'll speak to you about in coming podcast all of the things that we do overseas with the uh, exploration and explanation of Israel but we're going to catch up in chapter 6 and 7 of Romans tomorrow But what I'm going to do is try to deal with a theological issue that is so misunderstood. And it is very deep and it is very mysterious, but it is not difficult to understand. It is profound, it's not simple. But it is easy to be understood for the child of God if it is explained in a way that is just an explanation, and exegesis of the scripture. So here goes. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered in the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, Because all have sinned. Now, if you'll notice, verse 13 is a parenthetical statement. In other words, it is a digression. Paul is adding some things that will help you to understand all that he's saying. And in the midst of that, he says in verse 15, but the free gift is not like the offense. That is, the free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ is not like Adam because his one act brought about condemnation and death, judgment. Whereas the free gift is not like the offense because it brings about life, freedom, salvation, forgiveness. It is a gift from Almighty God. For if by one man's offense many died, and that's in Adam, just being born in Adam, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace of one man, Jesus the Messiah abounded to many. That is, God, because of what Jesus did, is able to over and abundantly pour out His grace and His love and His mercy upon the human race that is all of those who will repent of their sin will acknowledge their own need all of these things are done simultaneously these are not sequential in other words sometimes when we present salvation we present it as though it is one two three four things you've got to do it's all done simultaneously in other words the moment you repent that is the nano second, at the same time, simultaneously, you cannot truly repent without placing your trust in Jesus. You cannot place your trust in Jesus without surrendering your life to Him. You cannot, In other words, if you're not doing all of that all of the above, then you've not understood what repentance and faith is because it is surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You say, well, wait just a minute. I didn't know that all of these various things. You don't have to know all of this because that doesn't leave room for growth. There is growth after you're born into the family of God. Hang with me here. But what you must understand is that I'm talking about an attitudinal difference where you truly turn from your sin and sin is not a bunch of do's and don'ts that you've done. It is your relationship with God. You change your mind about your relationship with God. And from the day forward that you are truly born again and born into God's family, God changes your want to. God changes your disposition. God changes your will to where your will is constantly being conformed to Jesus Christ. And that starts with the decision. It doesn't end there, but it starts with it. So just as one man brought sin into the world, that is, Adam, when he chose deliberately to sin... So all who are born in Adam, all who are in Adam, all who are a part of Adam, and that's all of us through an earthly birth that are living today, we are born into sin because all have sinned. The moment, the moment, the second that we have an opportunity to sin, we will sin. As soon as we can choose between right and wrong, we will choose wrong. Everyone will, your children, my children, your grandchildren, my grandchildren, your wife, your husband, it does not matter, your mom, your dad, everyone is a sinner. Because not just because we're born into sin and born with a propensity and an inclination to sin, which the Bible calls a sin nature, but the moment we can, we will sin. So we can't just blame Adam because the moment we can, we choose to do it, not just once, but over and over again. So he says in verse 15, but the free gift is not like the offense. That is the offense brings about death, judgment, condemnation, separation, guilt, etc. It's not like that. For the free gift that Jesus gives to those who are in him and a part of his family is forgiveness, love, grace, mercy, kindness. All of this comes along with the grace of God and salvation, justification, etc. And so it says, the free gift is not like the offense, for if by one man's offense, many died, and they did, were separated, that's everyone, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, abounded to many. You see, the gift that Jesus gives And because of his obedience, it's so much different than the offense and what it brings. That's what Paul is saying here. That is, it's different. It is not like it. It is much better than that. And the gift is not like that which came through the one man who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in judgment, in condemnation. However, But on the other hand, this is a strong adversative drawing a sharp contrast. But on the other hand, the free gift which comes from many offenses resulted in justification. You see, Jesus, when He died, when He paid the penalty for your sin and mine, God put His seal of approval on what He did and the death that He died by raising Him from the dead. This is why Romans chapter 1 and verse 4 said, He was declared, marked out to be the Son of God. God put His seal of approval on Him. At the end, after the resurrection, just as he did when he was baptized to begin his ministry. That is when, when he came up out of the water, the Bible says a dove lit on him, and a voice was heard from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, this is my son, this is God's son. In whom I am well pleased. And this was an amen to that statement because the Bible says he marked him out as the son of God through by this resurrection from the dead. And so it says that what Jesus did resulted in justification for if by one man's offense, that is Adam, death reigned through one and it still is reigning much more. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus, the Messiah. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men resulting in condemnation Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification. That is, declaration that we are righteous before God. We have standing before God. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Now think about this. Moreover, the law entered that the offenses might abound. But where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. And so this is very important for us to understand. Now, let me try to explain this to you in the way that you and I talk, which hopefully will make it even more clear. You see, when Adam sinned, at that moment he died. That means he was separated from God. We know that because... Uh, The moment that he sinned, he and Eve, his wife, who had already sinned, and came to her husband and asked him to do what she did. He did. He, He did it knowing full well what he was doing. And so they became separated. They sensed separation from God. This is why they tried to cover themselves up. All of a sudden, shame and guilt was felt in the human race for the first time. And only God could take that away. And you remember God came looking for Adam. God came searching for him. Adam was hiding away from him. And he said, Adam, where are you? Now, that's not because God didn't know where he was. He wanted Adam to know where he was. And so God came searching for him this way it always is. We're not searching for God. We're hiding in the bushes somewhere with our guilt and our shame. That's why people who are even saved don't want to go to church when they sin because that represents the fellowship and presence of God. So they stay away from church, the very place where they need to go more than ever. But this is the same syndrome that happened through sin and Adam. And so the way that this happened was when Eve sin, that didn't plunge the human race into sin. Why? Because obviously sin is passed on by the father. It is by one man, not one woman, but by one man. This is what Romans five twelve says through one man, sin entered the world and death came through this one man through this sin. Thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. You see, the sin nature is passed on every person who is alive today other than the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, had an earthly father. Jesus did not have an earthly father like the rest of us. So therefore, the sin nature was not passed on. In other words, he was the new Adam. He had God as his father, just like Adam did, but he had humanity not given from the dust of the earth, but from a woman. And it was a godly woman, but she was not perfect. She was sinful because her father was a sinful man and passed the sin nature on, and she had sinned. She wasn't living in harlotry. Obviously, she was not living an ungodly life. She was chosen to be the mother of Jesus because of her purity and her godliness. She was a woman of virtue, but she was a sinner. It doesn't matter what denomination tells you otherwise. Mary, the mother of Jesus, had to be forgiven just like everyone else. And so as you read the scriptures, it becomes obvious that it's by Adam's sin that death entered the world. Now, think about this. Adam came into a pristine world where there was no sin, never had sin been heard of in the world. Everything around him was perfect. He was perfect. His wife was perfect. God made everything perfect. And Adam sinned with his eyes open. Eve, according to what the apostle Paul told Timothy, was deceived. She literally thought she was doing the right thing, but she wasn't. But Adam knew what he was doing, and because he was the father of the human race from an earthly standpoint then he is the progenitor of all who came after him. So whether you're a male or female, you came through Adam because Adam was the first man. And even though everything was pristine, he chose to sin. Now contrast that with Jesus. Jesus was born into a world He had no sin nature like Adam. In other words, he was tempted in every category that Adam was, every category that every man has been, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life as mentioned in 1 John 2 and verse 15. That's all that's in the world. Yet Jesus tempted over and over again, not once, but for 40 days, And then all of his life, the tempter came to him throughout all of his life, and yet he was without sin. And so his righteousness, his earned righteousness that he lived, his righteousness is obedience. It's living in the will of God. It's living, doing everything that God would have you to do, not doing anything that he would not have you to do, and always doing what you should do. That's righteousness, that's obedience. And listen to me, the moment you and I are born into this world, we're born into a sin-cursed world with a sin-cursed nature, and as soon as we can sin, we will, and guilt will be imputed to us. Now, how do we become a part of the human race? We are born into it physically. That's how we are in Adam. How do we become a part of the family of God? It is through a spiritual birth, not a physical birth, but a spiritual birth. This is why Jesus told Nicodemus in the gospel of John chapter three, you must be born from above. That's what the word is from above. And it can be translated born again. Why? Because it is a fresh start. It's a new start. You're being born again, but it is from above. It's a spiritual birth. It's not from this earth. And so this is how we become a part of God's family. And all who are in Adam die. All who are in Christ, Messiah live. Now the word Christos and Mashiach are the same word. It means the anointed one. And so all that are a part of God's anointed family, part of the Jesus family, have been born again, have entered in at the narrow gate, all the illustrations and analogies that are used to describe it, been saved, whatever you want to say, but you have come from darkness to light, from death unto life. When this happens, listen to me, you at that point are justified. Now, notice it has an E.D. on it. That means you are declared righteous at that moment. That means not only is your sin forgiven from your ledger of sin that continues on, but what that means is that not only are you forgiven, that is you get a clean slate. Well, we would mess that up pretty soon. No, all of the obedience, the righteousness of Jesus is placed on your account so that when God looks at you, He doesn't see your sin. He sees the righteousness of Jesus. Why? Because that sin is gone. He's stopped looking at your sin. He's cast it as far as the east is from the west, and you are forgiven. And that's called standing before God. That's a legal term. You are justified. You have legal standing before God. And by the way, this is why when we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. In other words, we come to God based upon the righteousness that belongs to God's son, Jesus. We don't come in our own standard. We don't come just because We've been living good, we've been living right, or because we feel good about something, whether we come and feel good or don't feel good, the only way that we can have standing before God is in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son that was shed for us and that has wiped away and washed away our sins so we can have the righteousness of Jesus and his obedience placed on our account. And because of that, we can come and say, I'm coming to you, Father. As my father, not because I, what I have done or who I am, but because of who Jesus is and what he's done. So I come to you as your child because of what Jesus has done. Now, in the Bible, this would bring forth a shout. Now, shout is not, woo, no, that's not shouting, okay? That is letting off emotion. No, shouting is shouting with meaning, hallelujah, hallelujah. That means praise the Lord, praise Yah, praise the God of heaven, praise Hashem, praise Jesus, praise the Father, praise the Holy Spirit. It's a doxology of praise. Or we say, amen, let that be established and confirmed. It comes from the same root words, radicals in Hebrew, of the word to establish. Let this be established. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what we need to be shouting. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise God, not woo. That means nothing except that you're trying to call in somebody, trying to maybe call a dog home. I don't know. I'm not making fun of being ugly. I'm just saying we've got a wrong idea about what shouting is. Shouting, like singing, must have meaning to it. You don't just, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's not what singing is. Singing has meaning to it. The Lord said in the book of Psalms, I will sing with knowledge. I will sing with meaning. I will sing, and it's translated with understanding. We need to shout with understanding, and we need to be shouting because in Jesus we are alive. In Jesus, we are forgiven. In Jesus, we are justified. In Jesus, we are sanctified. In Jesus, we are already glorified. And one day, that will become a reality to us. But it is just as real in the mind and heart of God as though it already happened. Because when God makes a promise, and the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 and 29 that we'll get to, that as many as He called, as many as He justified, as many as as He sanctified, those He also glorified. It's already a done deal in the mind of God, and one day we will experience it. Hallelujah. Amen. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions.